hello and welcome to the katie helper show thanks so much for listening to the katie helper show please rate and review the katie helper show on itunes on today's episode we speak to assemblyman ron kim struggle session co-host jack allison and environmental activist pramila malik Make sure you become Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. So you can hear the discussion that Leslie Lee and Jack Allison and I have about Afghanistan, as well as an interesting encounter between Alan Dershowitz and Larry David. Hello and welcome to the Katie Halper Show. I'm your host, Katie Halper, and I'm so glad to be here joined by Leslie Lee, the third. Hey, how's it going? Good, you? Um, a little sad because I feel like the last time we did this, we were a lot closer. We were closer. We were physically closer. It's true. Leslie and I both vaccinated. We did see each other. He visited. It was a great time. I should have put together a slideshow. <laughs> like a memorial slideshow. A memorial to our time together. Yeah, it's true. And we did a we did a stream. It was great to be in person. The first time we hung out since the beginning of uh since COVID started, since before COVID yeah. started, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it was it was really nice to see you. And um, while I'm sad we're not in person, um, it was lovely hanging out with Leslie and also Leslie's partner, who I felt like I knew, but I never met. Now I met in real life. Um, and so hi. And also hi to Taco, who I still haven't met. That's Leslie's dog. Yes. Um, down there in the corner. <laughs> Okay, yeah, he's on screen, so I feel like I know him. But um, today's show is wonderful. We're going to have um, a full, full, full lineup. First, we're going to be talking to um, Assemblymember Ron Kim, who represents New York's 40th District. He's an incredibly brave person who actually uh, refused to be silenced when he found out about uh, Andrew Cuomo's uh, nursing home scandal. And uh, you know what happens when you refuse to be silent? Um and uh, Andrew Cuomo asked you to be silent, you're going to get threatened. So he got threatened by Cuomo, who said he would destroy him, which probably seems a little bit funny uh, in hindsight now, but probably, but we know it wasn't funny at the time. Um, and he's going to talk to us about some demands that he's making. He's using his power to hold uh, the new governor, the soon-to-be governor, accountable. Uh, and he is going to be talking to us about all things um, political. Then we're going to have on Pramila Malik, who is an environmental activist. She also ran for state Senate uh, in New York. And she's going to be talking to us about more FOMO stuff that we haven't even uh, talked about. Uh, well, we talked about the Katie Halper show, but most people haven't talked about it. That's just how it goes, because news breaks here and then it's either ignored or it, it uh, travels around the world. And then we're going to be talking to Jack Allison, uh, Leslie's co-host of Struggle Session about uh, SKDK, which is the um, PR firm that uh, was involved, of course, in Time's Up and has an interesting uh, legacy, both uh, representing Time's Up and also um, helping people like Andrew Cuomo. So it's a great show. Um, should we just get the show on the road? Yeah, let's do it. Let's just do it. And we're going to bring on to the show... Uh, Back once again, Assembly Member Ron Kim. Hello. Hey, Katie. Thanks for having me back on. It's good to see you and Leslie. Of course. Thank you so much for joining us. Anytime. So last time we spoke, um, you had been recently yelled at, uh, threatened by Andrew Cuomo. Now it's a different world. Um, tell us what your thoughts are on what happened to Andrew Cuomo. And um, do you feel relieved that he's gone? Do you think that, uh, what do you think about his political future and his replacement? Yeah, I mean, finally, his long pattern of abusive behavior and abuse of power have caught up to him. Um, after I came out, a n number of public servants followed. And, and before Eva came out, there was a um, an, a woman who came out, Lindsay Boland, back in December about him sexually assault and uh, abusing his power against her. So I want to I want to give her a shout out for being the first to really step up and talk about uh, what Andrew Cuomo is capable of doing. But after her, there was ten other women who bravely came out over the course of the last few months. And just think about some of those people who came out to speak against Andrew Cuomo. They, they some of them at least one of them still work in his office and for for her to you know risk everything and and being 
you know, out there at, at a society that you and I both know still do not believe in women, um, we have such a duty to, to step in, protect their voice and seize this moment to get everything right in place like Albany so we can completely root out the toxic and abusive culture that Andrew Cuomo helped normalize for the last many years. And can you just briefly describe what happened under Cuomo's watch with the nursing homes and also your relationship to that and your uncle? Yeah, so I started pushing back against um, Cuomo last year um, at the peak of the pandemic, starting in April, May, June, when I started to see the outcome of his daily policies on the ground. Two in particular, one on the March 25th order where he ended up sending 9,000 COVID positive patients to nursing, unprepared nursing homes. And these facilities were not prepared to take them in. Um, and the legal immunity that he gave out to his top nursing home executives in the process, which led to uh, suppression of data and life and death information, which he tried to lie about in hopes that the public wasn't paying attention because he had an incredible platform. He got on CNN every other night and literally gaslit the public to believe that he was doing a good job and New York didn't have any issues around nursing homes. Um, this is when I started to push back. I, I actually had a re-election. I had a, a primary election. Every consultant, every person's telling me, do not criticize this governor. He's polling at 80, 90%. You're going to lose your election. Don't do it. But I made a promise um, not to just my family because I lost my uncle at a nursing home around that time. It's just, this is a very, person that's very dear to me. He is responsible for bringing my family to this country. Uh, my uncle was a U.S. Army captain at a time when the military had no Asian Americans um, serving in this country. And he came to serve because he wanted to be part of the American fabric. And he brought our family over from South Korea. And for him to die alone in excruciating pain, uh, with none of us knowing what's going on because of some of the failed policies that this governor put in was unacceptable. And 16,000 other families went through similar experiences as a result of our state's failure to take care of our elderly. And can you just explain what it was that Cuomo did and why he did it? So he, his explanation is that we didn't have capacity in the hospital. So let's put them in nursing homes. But the truth is we weren't at maximum capacity and we had a number of different options to send COVID positive patients. What happened when they sent these COVID positives to nursing homes is that they were getting higher reimbursements of Medicare. Traditional nursing home residents are Medicaid recipients, usually from low income backgrounds. So they were literally incentivized to replace them with Medicare recipients, which happened to be COVID patients. But they were at, they lobbied internally behind closed doors. Hey, we can take them in, but we need to get out of jail free card because people are going to die and I'm not going to prison. And Como, in the last minute of our budget in a 5,000 page document, leveraging his power and his bully, uh, bullying tactics to put in this toxic, deadly legal immunity that disincentivized the industry from investing further to save people's lives while retroactively going back into March, taking away people's rights, but their, their legal recourse to the courts. As you know, uh, Leslie and Katie, like uh, the last defense for our most vulnerable population is their recourse, their ability to defend their rights in the courts and Cuomo took that away from them retroactively. Right. By making it so that they were immune to liability lawsuits. Correct. Them? Yeah. Correct. So um, basically incentivizing them to be irresponsible with their patients. Correct. And the lobbyists behind them representing billions and billions of dollars who have already donated millions of dollars to Cuomo had front row access and they bragged about it. They sent out a press release after they did it saying, oh, we got the governor to give you, you know, legal immunity, which they, by the way, they took down the next day when I called them out on it. But they literally took that language, copied and pasted it and took it to Washington, D.C. and gave it to the Republican Senate and said, this is exactly what we want nationwide. 
and they went to DC, they went to other states and used it as a gold standard of corporate protection, corporate force policies at a time when it should have been people over profits at the peak of the pandemic. So, and, and how was this revealed? Can you just remind people how we came to learn about it? Yeah, um, a number of amazing investigative journalists, including our mutual friend, David Sirota, did an amazing job diving into this, uh, you know, what happened, connecting the dots between the donors, the industry, and put out articles in The Guardian and the number and the Associated Press and others and all the local Albany reporters followed it. And one by one, we were getting exposure. So we were actually on track of repealing it back in July. And all of a sudden, the numbers didn't look that bad. Uh, and now, and we found out much later that the governor and his staff directed the Department of Health to suppress the data, that they deflated life and death toll numbers so they, he can come out and say, we're not that bad compared to other states. And he could chase, and then he chased down a $5.1 million book deal at the same time, citing the deflated number in his book. So legally speaking, that's criminal fraud. Uh, it's like, like, like imagine like Ford at, has reporting a consumer safety guide. And then all of a sudden they deflated all the numbers and, and, and promoted a false number to give the impression that you're safe in the car. And they put a tiny little footnote in the back saying, well, actually, if you add this number and that number, it doesn't start the total number. That is considered fraud. And that's what this governor did for months. Um, and he should be held accountable for it. Why did Cuomo finally meet his, um, I don't want to say his end, because I don't think that his political career is over. We can talk about that. But what do you think changed um, that made him resign? Well, I think he got stuck in a situation where there's now multiple investigations happening. There's a U.S. attorney investigation into nursing homes, uh, into his book deal. There is an open state attorney's office into his book deal, as well as other things. And the sexual harassment report came out by the attorney general's office that we were waiting for two weeks ago, and everything spiraled for him from there on. Um, and he, he figured out how to negotiate, um, a soft landing, if you will, a gracious exit without acknowledging that he did anything wrong. That's literally what he did. He had a, a performative press conference, not saying, I'm sorry, I did the wrong thing. Literally saying, I'm sorry, you didn't understand my intention. And I actually, this is more generational and cultural thing. I didn't mean to. Uh, hurt you, but I'm sorry anyways. That's not enough knowledge. That's still gaslighting. And that's yeah. literally what he did. And, and and that's why we need to impeach and follow through on the impeachment process so we can get a full account of what he did wrong and, and not to like punish him. I'm not a punitive, you know, kind of person, but to get a full account so we don't repeat those same mistakes. And if we let him free without getting the director straight, what are we normalizing in the future? We're saying, if you're a privileged man in this world who come from intergenerational wealth, you can get away with everything. You can gaslight the world and you just get a slap on the wrist and, and you can move on. And tell us about um, who is replacing him. Yeah, Kathy Hochul has, has served as a lieutenant governor under, under Andrew Cuomo uh, for many years now. Uh, he was, she was the handpicked top lieutenant under, under Cuomo. Um, and she will be replaced. She was a, she used to, she was a one-term Congress member in Buffalo and upstate New York with the conservative immigrant background, policy background that was questionable. But since then, she walked back on those policies and has been much, become much more progressive. And I'm rooting for a success. I, I want her to succeed on day one, but I don't subscribe to the traditional Democratic Party model, which is opening everything up and going back to normal and calling for unity. Um, I want her to succeed, but I also want to be uh, her to be accountable uh, on day one. What are some tangible things you'll do to root out corruption and abuse in Albany? Like I want to see them instead of you coming out of base the nation and saying, oh, I'm going to collaborate. I am going to be transparent. 
What does transparency look like? Will you guarantee that we have access to, oh, you will comply with all of our FOIA requests immediately and not stole them? Will you have commissioners come in and and openly swear on their oath to testify with all the questions? Will you turn over all the data that we're asking for in real time and not stonewall us? These are the commitments that we want to see uh, in Kathy Hochul moving forward. And you actually have a press release um, that you released yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to share that. Um, It is a statement demanding true transparency from next governor. And you write, the past weekend, Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul appeared on Face the Nation and spoke about transparency and collaboration when asked what the public could expect from her administration. If she is true to her word, her administration must not allow any commissioner or government employees implicated in his deplorable behavior, including those responsible for covering up nursing home data or altering COVID-19 death statistics. In order to ensure a real transparency, we ask that the Lieutenant Governor commit to the following. Handing over all nursing home data from the Department of Health and individual nursing home facilities, in addition to all communications between Dr. Zucker's Department of Health and the McKinsey Global Consulting Group. So can you tell us about that before we go on to the other demands? Yeah, so they, the Department of Health issued a, a report, uh, a nursing home report back in July, um, but McKinsey was the consulting group that handled the report. Now, we still don't know the truth of what went down. There were about nine high-level commissioners, uh, top bureaucrats that left the Department of Health as a result of this uh, back and forth, but basically... The scientists and the health experts wanted to issue a certain type of report that reflect the truth. And between the governor and McKinsey, they were able to come up with a different report that portrayed a different picture of what was going on. So we want to know what was that communication? What was the directive? What was McKinsey's role in, 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 in coming up with this uh, new report that did not reflect the truth? Leslie, especially because everyone talks about how soothing your voice is. Do you mind reading the um, uh, the number two, the second um, demand? Uh, second demand, a full pledge that her executive office will comply with FOIL requests from the legislature, the public, and members of the press without stalling. Full transparent compliance with her by her state commissioners and executive leadership at future oversight hearings with answering questions under oath. And we have a small window to assure the public that we are clearing out the corrupt vestiges of the former administration, holding all accountable for their actions. Let's use it. Okay. So, any response so far? No, uh, she. No, she addressed some of my initial questions uh, in real time on national TV at Face the Nation. Um, but beyond that, I have not been in communication uh, with the next governor. Uh, but I, I remain open. I look forward to uh, sitting down with her in the near future. And you have another uh, press release that you that you just released. You are also seeking uh, the full audit and clawbacks on Kivit state contracts. Can you talk about what that is? Oh, so Kivit is a private PR firm that uh, the governor has employed that hired privately to handle the dirty work behind researching and and going after uh, the victims that who came out. Uh, particularly one who came out early, who used to work for her or work for him. But in the process of doing that work, they've also secured millions and millions of dollars, uh, up to $88 million contract, the state of New York, uh, doing the PR work for the Department of Health, doing the nursing home crisis, and, and the state university, which the governor's right-hand person is running currently. There's a lot of corrupt behavior in there, and I'm asking the controller to do a full audit um, an explanation of how they were chosen uh, to be the, the firm handling such a giant contract. Who was in the bid? What did the RFP process look like? Um, and if there is any kind of wrongdoing, we should go back and claw back this contract and, ca- and terminate them ASAP. And what else are you working on as assembly member? What other projects, initiatives? What are, what's, what are the priorities for New Yorkers right now? Well, I'm the chair of the Committee on Aging, overseeing the elderly and older adults. So we have a slew of legislation to really fight the ageist culture that we've been conditioned to accept. Um, 
for many decades, you know, we have the subcultures that police the racism and sexism in our communities, but we've done a horrible job at confronting the ageism that has permeated uh, in our society. And it actually intersects with sexism and racism as well. Um, we're talking about the type of language we use. We're talking about the sidewalks when you're walking around New York City, how everything is geared toward the youth and everything and everything in between, but not the vulnerable populations. And unless we confront that, we are we are allowing people to look the other way when such tragedies happen, like in my opinion, an elder side occurred in places like New York State where 16,000 seniors died in the period of one year. And everyone can kind of walk away from that because there's this normalization that at a certain age, if you're in a nursing home, it's almost like it's your duty to die for our society. And that's not good. That's not good enough. We need to change that narrative. So I'm working on that. But before, you know, before I log off, I do want to give a shout out to Pramila, uh, who I've been trying to connect with because I know she's been very frustrated that people are not listening to her, um, the corruption that she's trying to expose for many months. Um, I've been there uh, with nursing homes last year, so I know how frustrated she is. Um, and I will, and if you're listening, Pramila, I promise that I will try to connect with you again and be a help to you in your struggle as well. I wish I had the bandwidth to take on every corrupt thing that Cuomo has engaged in, uh, but I don't. Uh, but I know that Pramila is very passionate. So a big shout out to her as well. Uh, such, well, she's about to come on. We could, we'll have to set up another time when you guys can overlap. If she were in the studio, I would just release her on you, unleash her on you. Um, uh, Leslie, do you have any questions? How, how does it feel, you know, to be the victor here, you know, because he said that he was going to be, I, obviously it's not just about you, but on a personal level, he said he was going to destroy you and the tables have turned and it must be very personally satisfied on a, you know, petty level. <laughs> um, I honestly, we're still in the thick of, thick of it and we're still trying to get to accountability uh, and make sure he doesn't escape uh, accountability. So a, a, num a, a few of us are consumed by trying to get to impeachment, um, trying to hold him accountable for his bad dis bad decisions. Um, so I don't feel uh, victorious until we can actually deliver the accountability that the state deserves. Right, because as of now, he's protected from impeachment, right? Because he resign well, kind of like preemptive strike or well, well that's what that's what the the assembly attorney has themed but we came up with our own legal counsel from cornell university which proves that it is our actually constitutional duty to see through impeachment if we do not see an elected official fit to serve in the public so it's not so the physical removal it's not a physical removal but it's removal of his criminal behavior and his history of criminality, that's our duty. And secondly, to make sure he doesn't run for office. Impeachment means he can't run for state office again. And so what can we do here at the Katie Halper Show or out there for people who are watching? What can be done? Um, just reach out to the assembly uh, and let the leadership, the chair of the Judiciary Committee and the speaker know that we need accountability impeachment doesn't equate to accountability. Right. And last thing, can I give, can you, can, just because you mentioned her, can we have a two minute chat with Pramila? She's yeah, let her hear it. Please. All right. Pramila Malik, welcome. This was unplanned. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. And um, is um, Assemblyman Kim is on his way out, but just wanted to give you guys the chance um, to, you know, kibitz for a bit or to connect while you're, Two ships passing the night. Nice to finally connect with you. Oh, same, same here, Pramila. I apologize that we couldn't connect. I know we tried and played phone tag for a day or two. You know what? But, what, I, what I would say to you is that um, we need to get at the full scope of the Cuomo administration corruption, which really began actually when he was running for attorney general. In our case, the corruption scandal that impacted my community that began way back in 2008 and it spanned um what is it how many years now more than 12 years 14 years 
Um, so I think we, you know, our community also deserves accountability and transparency. And I think that New York State as a whole, until we understand how this corruption um, operated, how it was able to um, usurp control over all of the state agencies, until we understand that, we're never going to get rid of the real corruption, which is the big moneyed interests that that put Cuomo in power and that sustained him for you know throughout that time period. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. Um, I know there's a lot to uncover uh, and I'm taking one thing at a time because I don't have the bandwidth to do it all in my capacity. Uh, but I appreciate your advocacy. I know that you're constantly out there talking about uh, the other corrupt things that's not getting hurt. Um, and I'll, I look forward to continue to stay in touch. Um, and I'll continue to listen on after I log on to get a better sense of what you're pushing for and, and what I can do to, to be helpful in the future. Yeah, I mean, what, what we're asking for is oversight hearings um, over the uh, permitting of this project for which Joseph Prococo has been convicted. You know, he was his closest aide. And there was that long criminal trial. Two people were convicted for that. So we are asking for oversight hearings to look at some of the evidence that was actually presented in the trial, but not explored because it wasn't the subject of the trial. On the yeah, may, may, may I may I ask who the electeds are that covers the site of the corruption? Sure. Um, yeah. so, um, it was a state senator John Bonasek who resigned very shortly after um, Prococo's conviction. And he was very much implicated in the corruption as well. His son was attorney for the company during the entire permitting process while the father was lobbying for the company at the same time. So that was highly improper, a huge conflict of interest. And I think it should, if it isn't illegal, it should be illegal. Um, I think there might be some new laws that would make it clearly illegal at this point. But yeah, I mean, he ran out of town as soon as the conviction was announced. Um, as soon as the indictment was announced, the chair of the DEC immediately resigned and left. Um, the chair of the PSC immediately resigned and left. And it's no surprise because all of those agencies were um, involved in that in that process, in the, in the, in the corruption, in the uh, improper influence. And one thing that Todd Howe had testified to, and I was at the trial every day, and I'm sad to say that the media didn't report like 95% of what was in the trial. But what Todd Howe testified to, which was very interesting, he said that no other um, administration had ever controlled state agencies the way Governor Cuomo did. Um, he said he had never seen anything like it before. Um, it was completely unprecedented. But um, and this was something that as advocates, we were also told by a lot of the environmental groups and advocacy groups. They said this all is directed 100 percent by Cuomo, whereas in the past, the agencies had autonomy based on their expertise, based on their own um, knowledge um, and regulations. But that wasn't the case with this administration. And that really needs to be investigated again. So we can ensure that this never, ever happens again. And the corruption that that um, was affected as a result of this is something that ratepayers throughout New York State, throughout downstate New York, in the lower Hudson Valley and New York City are paying for right now. So we're not only paying with our health and safety. Um, we're not only paying because now we are afflicted with the pollution as a result of this, but rate payers throughout New York City are also paying for directly as a result of that corruption. Well, well this is, thank you for sharing all that. Um, I'm going to, Katie, I'm going to hop off in a second, but I do, Pramila, I just wanted to let you know, um, just because I'm not out there talking about your particular um you know, corrupt issue doesn't mean that we're trying to reduce you or not give you a voice uh, to the larger space. Uh, I hope you don't think that that's the case. Um, as you know, my background, the way that I landed here, it was very specific around the healthcare and nursing home sector. Um, so that's been my fight, but doesn't mean that I'm trying purposely to reduce your voice in a kind of way. Um, so I certainly hope that we can continue to stay in touch and talk and, and focus on the stru structural change that's required.
to root out the corruption in Albany. No, absolutely. And, you know, I admire the courage that it took for you to do what you you did. I know that most politicians would not have that kind of courage. And sadly, victims of policy failures make the best advocates. So you've been a great advocate for that for that issue. I would just urge you to 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 look at the fact that both emanate from the same cause. Uh, both both co- corruption actions really come from an administration run amok uh, that ran everything in a dictatorial fashion for expediency and immediate self-interest and um, did not look at the consequences, even when there were life and death consequences. Um, and I think that's what you see both in your case as well as in our case. Um, and in our case, you know, that corruption spanned it, as I said, a good 14 years. Yeah. Well, thank you, Katie, Leslie, for thank connecting us. Thank you so much. Of course, yeah. That was unplanned. I didn't know. That was not a gotcha. Thank you, Pramila. Nice thank to Thank you so much, sure. Assembly Member Kim. Thank you. Wow, that was great. I thought you were just going to come on one after the other, but then he mentioned you, so I exited oh. your entrance. Okay, um, good. Yeah. I'm glad he did. Uh, yeah, Leslie, you met you and Pramila are old friends from a couple of episodes. Yes, oh, yes, yes Pramila on, yeah. and uh, she was on, of course, with Jamie Cromwell and Alexandria Villasenor to talk about climate change. And um, we're going to bring on another person who, much like uh, Pramila, uh, has the receipts, although um, not for as long a time. But he's good at receipts, and that is none other than Jack Allison. Welcome, Jack. Hello. Hi there. What's going on? How are you? Good, you too. How are you doing? Good. Look at his haircut. Jack, what have you been up to? Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back. Good to see you again. Yeah, it's you been too. a little bit. Yeah. So Jack is the co-host of Struggle Session. He's That's also right. the the show, the host of Morning AM, uh, AM Jack. Jack AM. Jack, Jack AM. AM. I'm sorry. Yeah. I only no, no, it's fine. That, even though it's literally behind you. Um, And Pramila Malik, Jack Allison. Hi. Um, you both are uh, big critics of the Democrats and of Cuomo and Pramila, we want to have you back on to talk about what uh, Cuomo still needs to be called out for and investigated for. You referred to it a little bit at, during that interlude. And Jack wanted to have you on because you were one of the few people who really kept track of um, SKDK. Sure. Uh, which is what uh, Nicker. Uh, SKD Knickerbocker. I, I actually I was looking it up again to try to remind myself. And I, yeah. I truly think the SKD maybe doesn't stand for anything. But that should be SKD yeah. Knickerbocker. And now it just is officially SKDK. So they've okay. even gotten rid of the Knickerbocker at this point. Wow, they're such cowards. They couldn't even hold on to them. <laughs> they have to cover that up. Right. So do you want to, Pramila, just walk us through a little bit of the, like, just give us a little synopsis of what uh, Cuomo still needs to be investigated for? Well, you know, we have to look at the big moneyed interest that brought Cuomo to power. He, The reason he was so powerful and the reason he was able to exercise us unprecedented and unilateral control over New York State and all of its agencies and institutions was because of these big money donors. And he had 15 billionaire donors um, who really funded his war chest. And that's what made him so powerful. One of the companies that funded him, um, one of the uh, lobbying, uh, well, on be- uh, a lobbying firm on behalf of a company was a company called Competitive Power Ventures. They build these fracked gas power plants all over the country. And they were obsessed with New York City because New York City is the second largest consumer of power in the world. So it was a project that was high stakes for the entire fracking enterprise. So every gas company that had an interest in shale gas in Pennsylvania, they were banking on this project because of Mm -hmm. the huge market that it provides. And so this company really, you know, started grooming Cuomo when he was attorney general. And, um, you know, donating to him, funding him. And then as soon as and this is their business model, right? Because um, the 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 executive of this company, his father runs a lobbying firm known as Black Manford Stone and Kelly, um, which included Roger Stone and Paul Manafort. And then the father of this executive, Peter Senior Kelly, who was a huge Democratic Party um, uh, 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 person. Uh, he was a chair of fundraising for like a decade at the Democratic Party. Um, so he's very, very influential in the Democratic Party. 
And so they're the ones who came up with this business model of, you know, fund, donate to both parties, both sides, whoever wins, wins. And the second they win, you start calling in the favors. So that's what they did with Cuomo. They donated to him, uh, brought him um, into power. And this, what's really interesting and what feeds conspiracy theories in Orange County is the fact that Roger Stone, who was a partner in this firm, publicly took credit for the downfall of Eric Schneiderman. And then, of course, I'm sorry, not Eric Schneiderman, I'm sorry, um, Spitzer, Elliot Spitzer. Uh-huh. And that Cuomo came to power on the bat, on the fall of Elliot Spitzer. So that feeds a lot of conspiracy theories. Um, and it's so ironic that now he's going down in a, in a sex uh, right. scandal as well. Right. But, you know, at the end of the day, behind all of this, you know, you know, everybody must be scratching their head saying, when did the Democratic Party suddenly care about sexual harassment? <laughs> and certainly what Cuomo was accused of is as bad as it is. And I agree that it's bad. It's not as bad as what Tara Reid accuses Joe Biden of, right? So right. how when one guy gets a pass and another guy is canceled, right? Um, especially after being like nearly glor- like glorified to no end for a year almost. Like homosexuals. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so the, everybody must be scratching their heads. Well, I mean, here's the thing. When big money and interest want you in power, you're in power. When they right. don't, you're out. It doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat. Um, they, they control both parties with money. We live, as Jamie said in his interview, we live in, legal, we live in a system of legalized bribery. There's very little difference between the two parties. The two parties, um, uh, they work together to affect the policy interest of, of, the, of the oligarchs. We live in an oligarchy. I think even some Princeton academics that had validated that thesis. Uh, and so this is why you have all of these policy failures, whether it's on healthcare or this power plant, which greatly, I mean, when you think about the second largest consumer of power in the world being plugged into frack gas dependency for the next 40 years, we're talking about a major assault on the climate a major assault on the climate when we all understand we have a climate crisis, right? Um, not to mention the pollution. Let's like, just look at the map. And according to MIT, 56,000 people die annually from air pollution, specifically due to exposure to power plants. Um, in, uh, there's another study come out of Australia that says five, um, I'm sorry, 8 million people die a year from air pollution. And then five, another study that says 5 million people die a year from climate change. So there are life and death consequences to these policy decisions um, that are being made um, in service of these big money interests. And that, you're like, it's bad enough when, you know, they're, they're uh, buying influence to get, you know, uh, the, 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 the road built to, to feed their warehouse or whatever, but, you know, to by influence for either, you know, this construction of this power plant and the permitting of this power plant, or even, you know, the policy decisions on COVID and the nursing homes. And, you know, I know I have friends whose parents died in nursing, ho- in nursing homes as well. So, you know, in both of these cases, we see a complete, utter, you know, egregious disregard for human life, for human life. Um, you know, with this power plant, the power plant would never have been permitted otherwise if it were not for the money that was being given legally through campaign donations. And then illegally is what Joe Percovo got caught for. You know, in the level of corruption, he was probably here and then Cuomo's here, but the company is like, right, like way off the screen, you know, and that's until we start really confronting the companies, their executives, and the corruption at its very core, they're just going to be playing roulette with the politicians. They'll just replace one for another. There's already indication that Hochul's getting all the money that Cuomo got um, from the same big money donors. So all of that's not going to change. Tish James, I'm not optimistic about her either. She blatantly refuses to investigate the power plant corruption when, I mean, when you had two people convicted based on these actions and she's refusing to investigate. I mean, it doesn't, it, there's no rational explanation for it other than um, improper influence. Corruption is still ever present. It hasn't got anywhere. 
Why does the assembly chair not want to have impeachment hearings? You know, where is the accountability? Where is the oversight hearings? We were promised oversight hearings. We presented all of our evidence to the chair of the oversight committee, government oversight in the assembly, um, to the chair of the judiciary in the state senate. I mean, what's wrong with these people? I mean, they're just cowards. I, I just have to say they're cowards. They're, um, they uh, easily manipulated, um, you know, the big money and interest control the policy. And until that changes, we're never going to get the things we need in this country. We're never going to get climate policy. We're never going to get Medicare for all. We're never going to get health care. I mean, the reason that we, the, the, the health in New York State Health Act never passed is because Cuomo uh, empowered the IDC and literally gave control over the state Senate to Republicans. That's why the New York Health Act never got passed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Thank you for coming on and telling, reminding people about this. And uh, we want to make sure that uh, people know about the, can you tell people about the petition that they can sign? Yeah. Yeah. So we have not, <laughs> we've not given up on appealing to these people for whatever, um, you know, humanity or <laughs> sense of responsibility is left in them. So we still are also not giving them the opportunity to think, what, what power plant? We didn't know about it. Um, so we have a petition. It's tinyurl.com slash built on bribes. And we are asking for oversight hearings. We are asking for an investigation by Attorney General Tish James and the chairs of the oversight committee, James Scoofus, in the assembly. Um, and we are also appealing to uh, the chairs of the state senate, um, the leadership of the state senate in the assembly, Audrey Stewart. Cousins and Carl Hasty, Hasty. I don't know. I've heard it said both ways. So. Okay, great. And we'll link to that in the YouTube uh, description. Jeez, that, I hadn't heard anything no one about, knows it. about it. I, right? I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, no. I, I figured it's because I'm not in New York, but I guess no, in New York, it. I haven't even heard no. anything about yeah. it. Right. It sounds really fucked up. I mean, especially this this thing you were talking about, Pramila, about like this, you know, sets New York to just basically be on fracking for the next 40 years, which is just, you know, wonderful. Like maybe so basically signing a contract for to be on fracking for maybe longer than we have. Maybe yeah. longer than we have left. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. I'm not signing any 40-year contracts the way things are going. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the visuals are just overwhelming. The yeah. Absolute monstrosity. It was built in a critical environmental area on uh, over 100 acres of wetland. I mean, under like her, based on all the federal and state regulations that exist, it would it should never have been permitted. Right. Violated nearly a dozen state and federal laws. This is what our Democrats do, though. I mean, you're absolutely right that it is just like, you know, it, it, it Democrats like to pass very sweeping environmental regulations and then just like say, well, that one doesn't count for you when it's a donor. Right. You know, it's just like we like to get all the credit for passing the strictest uh, environmental relations, uh, uh, environmental you know, regulations in California. And then as soon as it's inconvenient for anyone, we're like, OK, well, we'll give you like a, a carve out. I mean, what what's new? I don't know. I'm uh I uh, got a haircut. I got a haircut. I'm no longer long haired. And uh, yeah, everything. I mean, I, I basically haven't left this room. You know what I mean? It still is Delta variant and all this kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah I just been sitting sitting here pretty much. Well, your guy, uh, you know, we used to we did a live tweet. I think we tweeted out um, who's worse, uh, Cuomo or Newsom. And now we'll we yeah. really know because our guy wasn't allowed to to serve his full term, sadly. But we also, that might be the case here too. You know, that might also yeah, be the case here too. I mean, the recall is hilarious. The recall is, of course, California politics hilarious. Um, it, you know, it, it's really way closer than it should be with the recall. Um, you know, Newsom has all this money. They've apparently been spending it all on television ads, even though nobody watches television. And he's like, have they got to buy any on, on Jack AM. No, no, sadly, okay. they should. They should. Although we have Thanks, more yeah. East Coast viewers because it's so early in the morning. Oh, um yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, uh, Newsom continues to poll like within two points. Like it's always like 49 want to recall him. 51 say stay. And the way our system works is so stupid here in California. It's if, if he gets recalled, 
whichever person who got the most votes just on the second part of the ballot just becomes governor. There's no runoff or anything like that. So you could become governor with like 15 percent of the vote, you know, and the people who are running here are like a YouTube finance guy who might be our next fucking California governor just because he's the only one with D next to his name. There's Larry Elder, the the conservative talk radio guy, just jumped in at the end and now is like polling the top for Republicans. I mean, I guess whoever wins is only in there for a year and a half, but I don't know. I mean, I hate Newsom. I think Newsom is so bad. There's no other good options. It, I, I, it it's going to be really hard for me not to, you know, press the button that says fire the governor. But the other options right. are so bad. I just don't know what I'm going to be able to do. <laughs> yeah. It's it makes me feel like I'm like you know, the left should have put someone up if ever a good chance to just steal steal the uh, California governorship, but we didn't put anybody up, and now it's, so it's just like a a Bitcoin finance YouTuber versus fucking Larry Elder. Wow. <laughs> and and I and, and that's how the game is played, by the way, is to make sure that your choices are all bad. Yeah, I mean, there's no win. like you know. That, Whatever that, happens that, with this recall, we lose here in California. <laughs> Jack, you, you're, are you in California? I am. I'm in L.A. over here. Yeah. So you may want to know that this power plant company did the same thing in California. Oh, wow. To build a power plant to serve L.A. in the Coachella Valley. Wow. Where whereabouts is it in Coachella? They built it uh, in the coach. Yeah, it's it's in. The, uh, uh, I can get you. It's called CPV Sentinel. And they CPV Sentinel. And they actually had California's air quality regulations. Um changed uh wow. weakened to enable their power plant because wow. they wouldn't have been eligible for permits otherwise and california used to have some of the best air quality regulations in the country yeah 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 it's yeah okay. and everyone can go to trent to what is it uh built on bribes tinyurl.com yeah slash built on bribes yes yeah Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Talk to you. Thank you. All righty. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining. And if you're just tuning in, this is the Katie Halper Show. Um, But but Jack, tell us about, there's so many stories we'd love to talk about with you. And let's talk about SKDK. Sure. Yeah. Tell us. So, SKDK, what I just said, uh, you know, a few minutes ago that perhaps they don't, it doesn't stand for anything. That was incorrect. And you can find right. that out from basically the first sentence of the Wikipedia page. So, you know, really shows sort of like. in plain sight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what it stands for uh, is Squire Knapp uh, Dunn Communication. So that is Anita Dunn um, and uh, got Squire, you know, it's the names of the three people that started it. Uh, uh, the most important important of which uh, uh, being Anita Dunn. Um, so Anita Dunn is uh, basically what SKD, uh, uh, SKD Knickerbocker was, was a bunch of Obama, you know, people who would end up going on to work for a lot of Democrats, creating a consultancy firm. So in 2004, they created a consultancy firm and this firm went on to work for Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Andrew Cuomo, Bloomberg, just your murderer's row of all of the worst Democrats, you know, the uh, of the last 20 years. Uh, um, and then after the Obama administration, you know, they went truly fully mask off at that time. Like, I think at that point, everybody was figuring like, well, we're not going to have to go back to Washington, D.C. We're not going to be part of a campaign ever again where anyone's ever going to care about you know, what we've done. And so after the Obama White House, they went fully mask off and SKDK full on, you know, uh, was, you know, lobbying for the Keystone pipeline and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like they were just actively doing like evil, like full on sort of even even milk toast Democrats would be like, this is just full on evil stuff. Uh, I believe that they also I couldn't find the exact news about it, but they were also, you know, I think advocating for someone like Postmates in New York so that they were able to classify tips as part of the hourly wage, like just truly gross shit, you know. Um, and then, you know, Joe Biden, uh, the time comes around. It's 2020 at this point. Joe Biden is limping in at like third place in the um, uh, in, in like at like fifth place, I feel like at this point you know, in the Democratic primary. 
And so SKDK, you know, hot off of all their sort of like very, very ugly <laughs> and fucked up lobbying, like basically takes over the Joe Biden campaign and just starts fully running it. And Anita Dunn uh, becomes the like communications director of the Biden team. So Anita Dunn is the head over there at SKDK, um, who was also responsible for things like taking a call with Harvey Weinstein, you know, when Harvey Weinstein was having his troubles and his article was about to come out, Anita Dunn is who he turned to uh, for advice on how to weather this kind of stuff. Um, SKDK uh, and the folks involved there also very, um, you know, uh, very, God, I can't remember the word, but, you know, a big part of founding the Time's Up organization, you know, which was founded basically by CAA, and these SKDK people, including Anita Dunn, who was there, there too. CAA is the for the non-Californian. That's, that's the Creative the, Artists yeah. Agency, a, a very, a very successful and huge talent agency here that represents all of the uh, pedophile sex criminals <laughs> here, here, here in uh, uh, Hollywood. Um, uh, and so, yeah, you know, time's up. Um, you know, me too. From its beginning, if you really even want to believe that it's like a people's movement, you know. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I was Uh, opening it. Time's up. Even if, you know, if you want to believe that Me Too is in some way natural and was a people's movement in some ways, it was. It was organic. A hashtag got started. Now, very quickly, you know, Alyssa Milano jumps on that hashtag and then starts claiming like I made this. You know what I mean? Like Alyssa Milano kind of gets on board with it and, it you know, gives it a lot of attention and then starts being like, I created this. I like created the Me Too movement. So whether you believe or not that that Me Too is a fully organic movement, and I kind of tend to believe in some ways it started that way. Time's Up was a total, you know, lassoing and and corporatization, you know, of this Me Too movement. You know what I mean? And it has basically since its inception, you know, which was remember everybody. What was it? Everybody wore like time's up pins to the oscars or some shit like two years ago they were all wearing like all the men were wearing like white suits or some fucking stupid thing and they all and time's up was like fully sponsored fully sponsoring the oscars and everything it just was so there's this big rollout of like okay there's the me too movement and now like if you if you want to do a me too you go to the time's up organization and so time's up of course, was started by a bunch of people who are have vested interest in powerful men like retaining their power. And so Time's Up, in a very real way, became a, you know, uh, a, a very literal like gatekeeper of whose um, accusations are acceptable or not. And, you know, usually uh, what was the determining factor of whether, whether an accusation was uh, acceptable or not was whether this was a powerful Democrat who they work with. You know, uh, right. we know in the 2020 election, obviously, that Tara Reid went to Time's Up thinking that this is the organization that's, you know, the the pro bono law organization for women to go to and was basically uh, uh, strung up for months as they like, you know, sort of did fake make work to like hold her up through, you know, through the primary where one of the people who was like ahead of Time's Up was also working as like the fucking communications director for Biden, you know? Uh, um, So Time's Up, you know, and then of course, Time's Up ultimately, you know, uh, uh, one of the heads of Time's Up just had to resign uh, because of, surprise, surprise, like advising Andrew Cuomo through his sex crime scandal, you know? So we're seeing a very... uh, uh, and let me try to remember this person's name. It was a, a Kaplan, Roberta Kaplan. Roberta <laughs> yeah. Kaplan resigned. Robbie, they call her apparently Robbie. Uh, oh, Robbie. Robbie resigned because she offered assistance to Andrew Cuomo um, during his scandal of doing basically decades worth of sex crimes. <laughs> but Jeff, you have to understand, much like I think Anita with Harvey Weinstein, yeah. Robbie didn't take any money, I don't think. Uh-huh. I think so I think that, that is the case. Kind of their own heart. Yes, they, 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 the Time's Up organization not only offers pro bono services to women accusers, but also, to be fair, offers pro bono services to the accused as well. So it really is, this is really the centrist Me Too. This is the centrist Me Too organization, you know, in every sense of the word, where, you know, they offer advisement to the men who have been accused and they offer some lawyers uh, uh, for the women, you know, who are doing the accusing. 
Um, but you know, this is a real pattern now. And, you know, Time's Up was started by CAA and we're now seeing basically every Democrat who's, I mean, the last two major Democrat sex scandals have an element of, oh yeah. And also Time's Up tried to kill the story. Which, you know, right. that's a little bit fucking weird. I also, I also you know, agree uh, uh, with uh, what Pramila was saying, you know, before, which is not to compare these, because I actually do think that everything that was described about Andrew Cuomo is absolutely horrific. And, you know, there's also just the, like, the, like, the, the, the toxic workplace shit is just so fucking ugly with all the Cuomo stuff. But, you know, it is true that what Biden is accused of, you know, goes far further than what Cuomo was accused of. Oh, yeah. And you almost saw Biden, like when Biden was finally forced to comment on it, he was like very careful about his comment. I feel like I saw a lot of news that was like, Biden is like very forceful. He was not very forceful. He was kind of meek about, they were like, do you think he should resign? And he's like, yes, yes, I do. I do. Yeah, I know. And then also somebody asked him like, you know, do you think they, he used images of you and his stuff to say that it was appropriate touching? And he's like, well, I think some of the touching, you know, was was appropriate probably, but some of it wasn't. And I'm like, yeah, you're saying that because you're Mr. Inappropriate Touching right. Guy and you're a little right. bit nervous about the fact that all this is even going down. And, and I think Biden's reaction to this was like, get this man out of office like today so people don't think too hard about this. Like, yeah. let's get this out of the news like right now. <laughs> yeah, that montage was I couldn't believe that montage. Of yeah, that, that Cuomo put together. I mean, you know, also like you're out you of know, touch and entitled when the montage that should be Oppo is something you've put together. It's so funny. He's like, here's a hundred images of me being inappropriate with people and kissing them on the cheek. So, ridiculous. so fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I, it, it's good that Cuomo's out. Uh, a part of me, you know, if I want to be semi-conspiratorial about it, I'm like. You know, he sure is out over just all this personnel issue stuff and not anything to do with the absolutely fucked up fraud that went on at nursing homes. You yeah. know what I mean? Deadly and fraud. there are other governors who kind of did similar fudging of the numbers. Um, and that might be kind of a little more of a of a can of worms to open up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but I'm glad that he's out. And I do think he sucks majorly. But I do agree with you, Katie, that I, I think he's leaving... A, 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 an opening for himself. He's like, I don't want to fuck up the government right now. And I'm saying that these are all false so that when he, so that he can at some point run again and be like, now everything's calm and you know, you want Cuomo back <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I think so. And as Ron Kim said, Assemblyman Kim said that it's a soft landing. He, that he kind of orchestrated yeah. soft landing for himself. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, he did a full fucking hour of, of accuser smearing on ny.gov, on literally like governor.ny.gov, he got his lawyer out and then he got it on the fun too. He did like a full movie length amount of accuser smearing before being like, but with that said, I guess I'll quit because I think that'll be better. Yeah. You know? And he always has to mention his daughters. It's so gross. So gross. I feel like, I mean, whatever, you know, I'm sure that they're sickos too because they come from a political family, but right. you you feel like... You wish bad they, for them, kind of, right? Yeah, I, you feel a little bad for them until you're like, they probably are sickos, but, you know, oh, yeah. you do it, feel a little it's bad. Prob it's kind of how I feel about Chelsea Clinton, which could right. be a divisive topic. But I feel, I'm not afraid to admit it. I feel bad for her. You can feel bad for Chelsea Clinton. And then, it, and then after like half a minute, I'm like, but they probably like were serving her like blood in like oh, yeah. a baby's bottle. You right. know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. the <laughs> like why you both feel bad for her and think of her as a monster? I'm like, you know. Yeah, for Yeah. And then Chris. Chris is just the best. I mean, the Chris of it all is so funny. CNN is such a joke. CNN is such, like, how can, C how can CNN, I mean, Actually, to be truly honest with you, Katie, the thing I found funniest about all of the Chris of it all is Brian Stelter. I was going to yeah. say that. I love watching Brian else. Stelter go on the air and be like, actually, it was like perfectly OK what happened between between his brother and who couldn't like stand with their brother or whatever. I'm like, yeah, it's supposed to be like the media. This is the ombudsman of CNN, basically. <laughs> this is, I mean, well, actually, I he more acts like the ombudsman of like all of media. Yeah, actually. yeah. On CNN, he covers he covers all covers news Fox, agencies. yeah. 
and sits in judgment of all of them, not just seeing. That's what his whole show is, is like watching Fox and being like, oh, how dare they over at Fox? And then he does like a whole segment about like, actually, the funniest thing in his segment about Chris Cuomo was he was like, do you think it's really a punishment for people to have to be like put on bike from their the show and sit best. around the pool? That was what's, the best. What's really a punishment is when you put the put, go in the media and say that like that hold them accountable. I'm like, right. no, dude. Chris Cuomo doesn't give a fuck about a Deadline.com article about how yeah. his bosses are perturbed at him or whatever. It's also, <laughs> it, it's like it's really funny because like the way that. He was disciplined. Was that was CNN saying he maybe kind of made a mistake and yeah. so judgmental that Chris Cuomo was like, yeah, maybe. But I'm a family man before a job man. Yeah. So it was like acceptable enough for him not to apologize. And also uh, CNN said he could take a leave of absence. He didn't. And nothing happened. Yeah, that's so, basically what it is. It's like, he. well, the thing that's crazy about it is not so much the I mean, first of all, just that CNN ever thought it was appropriate to air a comedy hour with like the Cuomo with like Chris Cuomo and his brother, the governor, like right. literally while a pandemic is happening. Like even if none of the rest of this had happened with Andrew Cuomo, like that is just the worst journalistic malpractice I've ever like that. CN, the Here's the thing that's so ridiculous about all this is like, I actually wouldn't give a shit if CNN would just acknowledge that they're Bravo TV. That they're just right. watch what happens live. Like, stop acting like what you're doing is so serious. That's what pisses me off about it is right. that they like want to act like we are actually the fifth estate. You know, we're the fourth estate, estate and, yeah. you know, the work that goes on and what journalists do is so important and all this kind of shit. I'm like, you are fucking this is the goofball like people in power network. You know what I mean? Like, just acknowledge that you're Ellen for like the D.C. set, you know, like don't try to like you can't do both. You can't like pretend that you're you know fucking you know uh, uh you're the this embodiment of all the the whole you know first amendment or whatever and then also be doing nightly comedy routines between the governor and his fucking brother who you have on the air that's the other thing about chris cuomo is that it's like you know everyone's like the big conversation is like is it journalistically okay for him to you know talk about it or not talk about his brother can we all just like call, call out the elephant in the room that the only reason he has his job is because of who his brother is you know what i mean like chris cuomo is not a talented newsman it's not like he was doing like local news or some shit like that he just got the job because his brother is the governor and his father was the governor before him so that's like another element of this is like well you know the only reason you have the job kind of just got like fired from his job you know what right. i mean like why do we still have you on the air <laughs> it would just be too much to happen to one it would be like the kennedys you for know, them to tragedy. acknowledge for them to even acknowledge the like you know we we, we only had you on the air because you're a cuomo and the brand is fucked now so you know well brian stelter said that he's like he's a tv star i couldn't believe it it was like he, I, that <laughs> I have the stelter video up if you want to add it oh yeah if we just keep talking over it, it should be fine yeah okay. yeah so i'll add in the stream Oh, this is with Colbert. I actually didn't. Oh, know yeah. One. Oh, this is so funny. Oh, wait. So your network is involved in the story because, of course, the governor's brother, Chris Cuomo, has his show, The Cuomo Zone. On uh, Colbert's kind of Prime funny Prime in this, but the Cuomo Prime Time, Cuomo Prime Three. Okay, what I find so funny about this, even aside from Colbert grilling him, is that Stelter truly does think everyone watches CNN. Yeah. Like, like oh, yeah. Colbert kind of makes a joke about Cuomo Zone, and Stelter's like, "It's Cuomo Prime Time." I'm like, you know, like nobody watches this shit, right, Brian? Nobody watches this. Mad at him, or more people watch pro wrestling by a lot. Yeah. Right. By the way, I can confirm the New York Times report. Oh. Oh, what a oh fucking dork. I also have a source that says Chris was on the phone with him. I, too, have a little source. <laughs> he is not. Well. Yeah, so so when when he said that, like, the that the floor where Cuomo works, right, where Chris works, yeah. it's like, it's, it's floors above. Where He's like, it's floors above where the news gathering goes on. I'm like, that is so funny. It's so ridiculous. And also, uh, as you said, literally said, that it wouldn't be a punishment to discipline the person because you ha he's so rich and he would sit by the pool, which is like no one rich should ever face any work discipline. I know that's like so that nobody rich longer. ever should get fired ever. Why the yeah. hell did you? What about trying to get rid of Trump? Like what? They've then he just gone and sat by Mar-a-Lago. Then why the hell? Yeah, exactly. why, why try to do anything ever to a rich person because they literally could just go to a pool? 
You know, right. <laughs> if anything, you should get more responsibility. Uh huh. That should be your punishment. Yeah. <laughs> they should be promoted. Yeah. <laughs> Trump was the highest that he couldn't get. Yeah, that's higher. true. Yeah, that's yeah he true. should have been made the head of. He should have taken on um uh what's his name's job. You know, uh, Zoom, Zoom, and Tubin. He should have gotten his job there. <laughs> Didn't Tubin? Tubin just wrote a run an article that was like, "Don't prosecute Trump" or something. Oh yeah, what that, the hell is that? So funny. I just, I mean, just surprised. What me. do we need with all these characters? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what do we need with all of them? Yeah, yeah. like uh-huh. Tubin is a guy who got st- who jacked off on fucking Zoom, and he, yeah, like, and we still just can't always but have the same cast of characters on the news like they can't get another guy who knows the law like jeffrey tubin it's got to be the same jack off on zoom guy they got to get back like what even goes on yeah also he's terrible on assange he's so dumb he's so bad on assange and snowden he calls him like a traitor he calls Snowden a traitor and he like leslie you point this out a couple months i guess when he went back to cnn when when they're talking about how he has a um a scandal it's like his first sex scandal. And he, and the woman on CNN was so awkward. She clearly didn't want to interview him. And she was like, so and there's no, nothing else is going to come out? No other sex scandal? <laughs> like, absolutely not. Meanwhile, he had, a, I don't care about this, but like he had a kid with the woman while he was married and then tried to get out of paying Man. maternity. See, like, that's a little, that's kind of scummy. That's scummy. Yeah. 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 And again, it's like, I don't care about this stuff, but obviously we live in a society where that stuff is, you know, like considered a scandal. I think it's uh, nice to not pay for the kid. Yeah. You know what I right. mean? I don't really, you can cheat. It's not, yeah, I you know, I, whatever goes yeah. on in people's relationships is not really my business, but the not paying for the kid, that's not that yeah, nice. Not that you know, you got to pay for the, the kid, I guess. Yeah, you got to pay for the kid. He's such a prick. Got to pay for the kid. Got to pay for the kid. Yeah. yeah. Um. What else should we talk about? We can always go back to SKDK. We should do a, we should do a presentation. We'll do a slideshow at some point because yeah. all the cast of characters, all these fake feminists. Uh, one one other person, though, you know, Mark Penn. Yes, Mark, Mark Penn. Penn. Yes. So Mark, Mark Penn, Penn advised Trump and his private equity. Yes. Co-owns SKDK. Mark Penn, Mark Penn is a former Hillary guy. He was Hillary's like top pollster. Then he went on to be a Trump advisor. And then his uh, firm, the Stagwell Group, bought SKDK which then ended up going on to run the Biden campaign in a very real way. And you can actually see this now with how Biden has uh, with how Biden has actually been as president. Um, a Trump advisor like bought the Biden campaign and like that's who's in his White so House great. and who's like really running shit is all these uh, SKDK people. Although I will say, Katie, I got to admit, to be honest with you, I have been shocked by Biden on afghanistan this week and i don't think it's bad i'm like in favor of it and i'm in favor of the unilateral withdrawal and i've been kind of surprised by i mean it was his speech was hilarious blaming it all on the afghans and so that was pretty funny him blaming on the afghans but i am surprised by him digging his heels in and being like no fuck it we are just pulled out i'm like okay all right biden that's the first thing where i've been like all right I know it's very weird. I mean, Trump, I mean, we, I, I feel like it's not as hard for us to contemplate that because thanks so much for listening to the Katie Helper Show and definitely become Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show because you'll be able to hear our extended chat about Afghanistan as well as an interesting interaction between Larry David and Alan Dershowitz.